You are listening to the Krika Lecture Series podcast, produced by the Center for Russia, East Europe, and Central Asia at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This and other Krika podcasts are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. For more information about Krika's lecture series and public events, visit our website at krika.wisc.edu. Uh, they're not binding, they just published alongside a majority opinion. 
On another note, it also takes a lot of time to write the dissent, so judges have to invest a lot of time and efforts to write an opinion that's been, that will be signed by them and that will basically be an alternative to the, to the court's decision. So in that sense, judges have to invest a lot of time in it. Uh, on a court, on a court level, uh, judges are concerned with compliance and public support, and in this regard, dissents also found to found to damage courts' compliance and then lower courts' public support. Um, so taken all together, dissents do not lead to immediate gains. It takes time to write them. They also harm court legitimacy, but judges still write them. Uh, why it happens, uh, and in which cases? Uh, Existing studies are mostly focused on democratic courts, and they examined why and when judges write dissents. A lot of them are focused on the U.S. Supreme Court, and there are some studies examining, uh, only comparative scholars examining dissent in Western democracies, but, but to be fair, we don't know a lot about dissents in authoritarian regimes. Uh, before proceeding to my assumptions, I want to present to you what's, what, we know already, what we know from already existing research on democratic courts. Scholars of digital politics focus on uh, three main uh, three main factors of uh, three main factors of uh, uh, three ways of explaining judicial behavior. So that is uh, context context of the law, personal characteristics, and strategic considerations of various actors. So, if, for example, it can be career prospects of judges, threats of non-compliance, uh, public support, or expectations about. Uh, the reaction from the parliament or the executive. More often, uh, researchers look at personal characteristics of judges, so they model judicial dissent by looking at personal views that judges hold. And again, it's, it's, this view is, really, is fairly popular in the United States when it's easy to divide judges by like two or three different uh, political camps. And these characteristics do not always travel well to other contexts. Another researchers look at socioeconomic factors and they model uh, dissent via, by looking at fragmentation of the society. So for example, this study looked at GDP, urbanization rate, I think also divorce rate at parliament and, and other characteristics. And other studies look at political factors. So they argue that judges will dissent more or less depending on political silence of the case and depending on who brings, who brings the application to the court. So for example, if it's a president, the government, or like low-level bureaucracy. However, there's no unified theory of judicial dissent, and many, many studies are very context-specific and uh, derive evidence from single countries which do not really travel well to other places. Uh, having said so, that becomes, that becomes more complicated when we move to non-democratic contexts. Uh, as I said, in these countries, uh, in these regimes, uh, judicial dependence is low. There are not so many safeguards against the arbitrariness of the regime, and as a consequence, judges face more frequent attacks. For example, court packing, judges can be arbitrarily removed. Uh, the court, I mean, uh, the rules can change the jurisdiction of the court, change tenure, or, or like close the court altogether. Uh, this graph illustrates this point, so we can see that outside of liberal democracies, judges experience more frequent attacks. And it also, like, now it also happens in intellectual democracies, but I will be speaking about Russia, which is, uh, at least for the most part of my studies, an intellectual authoritarian regime. Uh, this leads me to two assumptions which I want to test in, in this paper. So, I mean, one of them is on the case level and another of them um, is on a judge level. So I started with the assumption that in non-democratic regimes, courts usually exist as long as they benefit the rulers and do not 
to not intervene too much with, with public policies. So in that sense, courts are loyal to the regime. They might have some sort of leeway in non-political cases, but uh, when it comes to like policies that are important to the regime, like that touch about core interests, they will probably be more constrained and will have to support the regime. So uh, by looking at judgments and not dissenting opinions, we know that such courts usually avoid political issues, and this involves cases that touch upon the distribution of power between regions and centers, for example, federalism, separation of powers, and laws on political freedoms. So my first assumption is that judgments related to political cases will have less dissent, and this relationship will be more profound this time. My second assumption is about uh, judge-level characteristics. Uh, so here, I mean, of course, the presence of dissent depends on uh, what is the case about and what is the issue at stake. But it's also a lot, like a lot of time, it depends on personal characteristics of judges. So, for example, some judges often dissent. Some judges never write dissent in their life, and um, it's important to take a look and try to explain it via their, for example, prior background, working experience, or area of specialization. As I said, it's it's really hard to model these things uh, in specific context. And uh, I mean, because you know that I was speaking about Russia. In Russia, it's even harder because judges are not appointed by parties. They kind of represent the regime. So it's really hard to distinguish between frequent dissenters and people who do not dissent. Uh, I employ one binary indicator of activism. So I assume that judges who hold uh, the positions of chairs or white chairs of the court will probably be less likely to dissent because they they connected to the court, they were co-opted in this position, so they will be non-dissenting and trying to present the court on a unifying front. Uh, on the contrary, the judges who leave the court voluntarily, so they probably at some point they uh, try to pursue other careers or they disagree with the position of the court to the extent that they want to leave. And they argue that we could actually trace or like see these patterns in the years before they leave the court. So my second hypothesis is that judges holding the post of chair and vice chair will be less likely to will be less likely to dissent, while more activist judges will be more likely to dissent. All right. I tested on the case of Russia, which is a good case to test my assumptions. So first of all, it's a durable authoritarian regime that has a constitutional court which exists over uh, 30 years, and that enables me to analyze uh, many judgments issued in this issued in this time frame. At the same time, it's not static, so the regime evolved, and the court evolved as well. We could also see changes in judicial independence, but we also can see many reforms that has been applied. So many reforms of the court. So when it comes to the Russian constitutional court, the court began as an activist court in the 1990s. Then it had been temporarily suspended. Uh, followed by court packing, and then numerous changes aimed to decrease its independence. So there have been like a lot of changes in retirement age, sometimes in the same year, just, just to get rid of specific judges. The court has, moved, has been moved from Moscow to St. Petersburg, but over time, it gained new powers. So for example, now it, can it has, power to decide on, has the power to decide whether Russia would comply with international law or not. At the same time, uh, there are still reforms that aimed at like silencing the court. And I mean, I think that's what Kevin referred to like as a historic analysis. So as of last year, judges cannot, or like they can't publish dissents, but they cannot publicize them. So even if they write them, there is no way for us to know that there has been a separate opinion. 
judges are judges are like they can be punished if they publicize it to some extent, which kind of leads to de facto ban on separate opinions. Uh, however, when we look at the at the at the whole picture throughout the years, we can see that the court is kind of loyalist and pragmatic. So in one way, it it decides cases important to the regime in a speedy manner and as desired by the regime. But on the on the other hand, it still has some sort of leeway in non-political safe areas. Uh, a bit about an, in, about a bit about the institutional <laughs> structure of the court. So it consists of 19 judges, which are nominated by the president and appointed by the upper upper chamber of the parliament. These judges enjoy life tenure, and uh, vice chairs and chairs are exempt from are exempt from this requirement. But at the same time, then there have been not so many judges on the court. So in 30 years of the court, only been, there have only been 32 judges. So that's an always not that high. Most of the judges leave because of the retirement. But uh, for most, most, of the point, most of the time, judges appointed in 1992 still, like some of them still work at the court. And uh, now the court decreases. Uh, so I think now it's like 13 or 12 judges who work there. And there has been no new appointments uh, since 2010. Uh, so my data comes from judgments decided by the court. In this judgments, court rules whether specific laws violate the Constitution or not. So here I plot this case law of the court. So red line is number of judgments issued in, this, in a given year. And two other lines plot uh, number of judgments that have at least one dissenting or one concurring opinion. Concurring opinions are also, like, is another type of separate opinions which I do not touch about. So in these opinions, judges uh, agree with the outcome of the case, but they disagree with the, with the legal reasoning. So in that case, I can't really unite both of them because dissents and concurrents go in different directions. There are not so many concurrents. I think there are like around 43 in total, so it will not yield too much variation. So I only look at dissenting in this paper. Uh, we also see that there is no, like there's no, there's really not trend of dissents. I mean, except one thing. We can see that the share of dissent decreases over time. So in the 1990s, uh, around I don't know 30 to 40 percent of cases had at least one dissent, and in recent years, uh, it's like two or three percent of judgments have dissenting opinions. So we can clearly see that uh, this number decreases, but uh, yeah, we can also see, we can see that this number is decreasing. Uh, all right, data matters. Uh, so uh, my primary data is 629 judgments on the merits, which I just showed you the graph. Um, and I collected this data by uh, scraping the court and uh, downloading all these judgments as PDFs and then trying to extract as many information as possible uh, to examine different patterns of judicial behavior. So in my other work, I focus also on rulings on constitutionality, on citation practices of the courts, and maybe possibly later on compliance with court's judgments. Here I only focus on dissenting opinions. Uh, as you can see, it has a lot of information on who goes to court, about which issues, uh, at which time, which judge is presiding in this, in this, in this hearing, and many, many others. Uh, just to give you an idea, that's a screenshot of one of the judgments, and like, all of them follow, like as other legal documents, kind of standardized. Uh, Templates, so then it makes it easier to get as many as many information as possible. Uh, my empirical analysis is also divided into two strands. 
So one is focused on case level, um, and another one is focused on judge level. I begin with the case level. So here I analyze 629 judgments, and then I'm interested in whether judges dissent differently depending on, on legal area. And before proceeding to regression analysis, I wanted to plot uh, descriptive data by showing which areas yield more dissents. And here we can see that judges actually dissent in relatively unsafe areas. So we can see that they're more, like, there are a lot of dissents in the cases on federalism, some in cases on elections, some on public order, which is freedom of assembly, basically. And uh, the, like, the bigger the dots, it means the more cases the court has heard. So we can see, for example, there's been not so many cases on elections, but there have been a lot of dissents in these areas. So it kind of goes against what I was expecting in the beginning. And then I use regression analysis to introduce different controls and uh, try to estimate the predictors of dissent uh, depending on different factors. Uh, so here I use data on judgments where my dependent variable is where my dependent variable is a number of dissents, which is a count measure of number of dissents in a specific case. Um, it's really over-dispersed uh, over variable, so you can see the variance is, is way higher than the mean. So I use a negative binomial regression to estimate which factors influence dissents. Here I use legal area, so it's one of these categories which you've seen before. Uh, outcome of the case, percentage of or like share of, of judges present at the hearing, annual course caseload, uh, number of petitioners, and whether the case was like several applications have been joined. This figure plots the coefficients from one of the models, um, and I want you to look at uh, like the purple and, and the orange uh, uh, brightness. So from one side, we can see that in political areas, judges kind of more likely to dissent, but the results are not significant. So the coefficients are positive, but not, but I mean, they're not distinguishable from zero, so it actually can be due to chance. On the other side, we can see that in cases on social rights, so on social rights and uh, cases petitioned by military or law enforcement, judges are less likely to dissent. Uh, petitions by military also often concern social rights. So it's usually army officers in the far north complaining about lack of social housing or like child benefits. So it's basically a similar category that they don't, that they don't correlate. So from one side, it kind of supports my hypothesis that judges, if they dissent, or like if they dissent, they probably will do it in specific areas, but you don't see what's happening. Uh, on, the, on the first graph about the caseload, we could see uh, a temporal variation that descending rate is decreasing over time. And next, I'm interested how does it change in relation to other factors. And I use the same data and divide it into five time periods to try and catch patterns depending on different years. And uh, that's again the graph is coefficients from five models. And uh, I mean, the most important things is this like three negative coefficients in, in, in on the left side, uh, which is uh, silent issues, political rights, and federalism. And I mean, I don't know if you can see the colors, but it basically indicates that in the cases we decided from 2015, judges are less likely to dissent if the case is about political rights or silent issues. And the federalism is uh, the cases decided in 2010 to 2014. So in this case, we kind of see that over time, uh, judges are refraining from dissenting in this area. And this, and this uh, categories are uh, representing the political, political cases. All right, summary. 
uh, we can see there's consensus on social rights. Judges, judges do not dissent in these areas. And uh, well, in my other work, I analyze uh, outcomes of cases, and I find that judges actually, in fact, are more likely to nullify these laws. So it kind of goes in this way that in social rights, the court is less constrained, so judges do not need to dissent because they can reach the majority opinion that they like. And we can also see the avoidance of dissent in political cases most visible in, in recent years. All right, second part of my analysis is about judge-level data, where, again, I was, I was interested whether different personal characteristics influence uh, dissent rate for different judges. Uh, there have been 32 judges, and they all dissent differently. So this graph plots, uh, like shows the summary statistics for each judge, uh, showing uh, dissent rate for all of them. So we can see the judges in the upper hand dissent in like 30 or 20% of the cases they've heard, and there are a lot of judges who never dissent in their life. And, and again, uh, bigger point or like bigger points indicate that the judge has heard more cases, so have more options to dissent. Uh, and we can see that most of the dissenters are actually judges who have been, who, who either left the court early or who have just joined the court recently, but they still dissent more. Uh, to examine which factors influence dissent, I then use the second data set about the judicial votes. Uh, and it's, uh, so I converted the, the first one into judicial votes, and I think it's in total around 9,000 votes to account for. And I'm interested in, what, in whether a judge whether a specific judge decided in a specific case. So the data is nested. So the votes are nested in judges and they're nested in court's rulings. Uh, I include different covariates, uh, mostly related to personal characteristics. So it's number of months a judge has been on the bench uh, at the time of the decision, prior background, which I, where I divide judges into lawyers, academ academics, and politicians, uh, post-tenure phase when I divide judges into people, onto judges who left voluntarily, judges who retired, and judges who stayed on the bench, and then share of dissent, so basically if there has been any other dissenter in this case, as well as administrative positions, so whether the judge was the vice chair or chair at the time of the hearing. And then because the data is nested, I use a multi-level logic regression with random intercepts by judge and court rulings. Uh, again, this graph plus coefficients from four models, so I, uh, add different, uh, different, different covariates at different times, and uh, at some point I also add fixed effects per year. We can, we can see two trends. So first one is that judges that hold administrative positions are less likely to dissent, and that is significant across, across all models. It kind of goes in the direction of what I was expecting for. And the second one, we can see that judges do not dissent alone. So basically, another strongest single predictor of dissent is that another judge, is that they can have a dissenter judge on the panel. And that usually happens because when judges deliberate, they kind of can gauge what, like who will be dissenting, and then maybe they either join for joint, for joint separate opinion, or they write their own knowing that there will be another one. When it comes to personal characteristics, none of them are significant, and uh, so we can see that prior experience did not really influence dissenting behavior. We can also see that uh, post-tenure fate also does not really impact how judges uh, dissent while being on the bench. I mean, partially it is because um, there are not so many judges, so there are not a lot of variation in background. I mean, there have been 32 judges for 30 years, so basically a judge who was working in law practice in 1995 and then went to the court have been 
I think have been a judge and like still work still works at the court in 2020. So I mean, prior experience might not really explain really well how this judge behaved ten years after he left, like she left the practice. Uh, all right. Can I ask a clarification question on that? How did you code Kanamov? Uh, he was basically forced off the court. I mean, I can take a look. I think that's. I mean, I, I can take a look. I can't tell now. But what did you do with people who were more or less <coughs> forced off the court? Oh, you mean how he left? Oh, yeah, but Kolonov was like left. Uh, so Kolonov was a. So there like were two judges who left voluntarily. Like, so. Well, voluntarily. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's because the point is that all of the judges left because they retired. And they retired also for different reasons, right? A lot of times the rule was changing. So, like, so there's like a one judge who was reaching 70 years old, and then they just introduced this rule to make her retire. Yeah, but I, I don't want to understand that Konono criticized the court yeah. and then was informally forced off the court, you know, voluntarily. Yeah. And that's not the same pattern as, you know, St. Moshikova, where they monkeyed around with the rules and forced her off. Okay. Yeah, right? but, yeah, I mean, I'm I just wondering how that. Yeah, how he that, was. It's a, a pretty common pattern in authoritarian countries, and you don't seem to account yeah. for it. Yeah, so there were two judges who left voluntarily, including this one. So they all called into this category. Uh, but I mean, perhaps I need to like explain more about it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about it in the summary. It will just be no, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm actually almost done. Uh, anyway, all right. So the paper looked at the patterns of dissents in Russia, or like in the Russian constitutional courts, and I was most, and I was interested in whether specific case or judge level factors actually predict the presence of dissenting opinions. What I find. Uh, I, find three important, I find three important pieces of empirical evidence. The first one is that judges tend to tend to avoid dissent in political areas uh, in the recent years. Uh, this, coincides, this coincides with evidence from other scholarship on comparative courts when judges refrain or like courts refrain from getting involved in politics because otherwise they would have they would like face different consequences. So like the court can be shut, the judges can be attacked, and so on. And I also find it in the case of Russia when over time the court became less activist and that included also less dissent in this area. Uh, secondly, I find that courts, uh, or like the courts are less constrained in non-political areas and we, uh, we also find less dissent in cases on social rights. And thirdly, um, I, I, and thirdly I looked at uh, personal characteristics of judges and not like, and I mean, I find that it's hard to like it's hard to use them to predict individual behavior. But one piece of evidence I found is that if judges vice chair or chair, he or she is less likely to dissent while holding this position. What I find more is that because there have not been so many judges, uh, it's really hard to use personal characteristics, and um, that's I mean because like for like a lot of a lot of my results might be might be driven by like one or two judges because there are just not so many of them. So for example, uh, Valery Zorkin, the vice, chair, the vice chairman of the court, has been the chairman of the court for the last, I don't know, 15 years, and he never dissents. So maybe that's why I find that vice chairs less likely to dissent because there's just been not so many of them. That also goes to Kata's question about uh, different judges. So because I quoted like them differently, there are not so many, so I try to like create categories that would have like two or three judges at least, so it's not like one judge in a regression analysis. And then what I found for judges who like retired, or for example died or left voluntarily, 
it's, the results might also be driven by one judge. So maybe here it's a corner north because it's only two of them. Um, so in general, I find in general I find that individual factors, at least in a way that I like code and present them, might not be very well uh, tailored to explain descending behavior. All right, let's go next. Uh, so first one, uh, this is a starting point to examining uh, the the influence of descent on different areas. So for example. The next thing to, to analyze is whether dissent actually influenced compliance with court's judgments. We know from democracies that, uh, or at least like from, from the status of international courts, that if a judgment has separate opinions, then executive or the legislator is less likely to comply with it because they kind of view it as non-unanimous decisions. So there is some sort of disagreement, and if they don't like the outcome, they, pro like they will just not comply. Another thing is to... Uh, like to do sentiment analysis of, mi of minority and majority opinions vis-a-vis -vis each other and then see how judges in dissenting opinion, like where judges appeal to, like what do they use, like how it differs with a, the with a majority opinion. And the third one is try to estimate ideal point of judges, but for that it's, it's also hard because I don't have a single, a single characteristic that I can use to divide judges. Like previous experience or the post-tenure period is not really explaining this behavior. So I need to look for another measure for this. When it comes to Russia, uh, as I said, there is a de facto ban on dissent from last year. Um, and that also, I mean, that also kind of creates different opportunities to studying dissent, like what a judge would do. I mean, not so many courts will find, I mean, no, I mean in non-democracies, very often courts, or like judges very often find refuge in writing dissents because they cannot, they cannot rule against the regime, so they can like write them be creative, try to try to persuade other people. But when it's not possible, there are not so many, there's not so many ways a judge can, can actually enjoy working. And I think, I mean, at least now I assume that maybe when court is constrained, judges cannot write dissents. Judges can just, judges can skip, skip hearings in specific cases. So they can abstain and not participate in, in like overly political disputes when they disagree with them. Um, I mean, th this like this is uh, in like in recent years, I've like noticed that like specific judges don't attend hearings. So, for example, the hearing on Crimea or the hearing about institutional amendments, and that would lead me to actually want to explore whether that's indeed true. Because maybe now, when we see that the dissents are banned and they're decreasing over time, we could all we'd actually see that more judges abstain from participating in meetings, kind of trying to resist in the way they can, if they want. Uh, yeah, so I think that was it. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'll be happy to hear your thoughts or any questions, anything. Yeah, thank you.